Okay, the Gemara, there's a Gavaldike Gemara in Shabbos, Taflam and Aleph. Well, the Gemara tells us like this. The Gemara says a very scary, but very real thing. That when we stand up to Din, after 120 years of being in this world, we come to the Shemayim, we come to the Din Shalmaila, Yeshiva Shalmaila, and they ask, it, ask, ask a number of questions. One of those questions I would like to concentrate on today from a halachic aspect. I don't think I've ever done this before. Um, and I've been giving shirim for a number of years in the two digits. And I don't remember ever giving a share of this similar nature, yes, but not exactly on this point. So this is a first for you guys. And I think, and I believe it's a very important topic that we have to machazik ourselves at all times, especially during this kufr as well. And the question amongst many that we're going to be asked after 120 years of being in this world was Tzipisili Yeshua. Did you wait? Were you anxious for Mashiach to arrive? Sometimes it's hard for us to understand what exactly does that mean? Did we wait for Mashiach to come? I mean, I don't know. It's hard for some people. You know, I just built my third bathroom and made an extension and bought my fourth car. So it's a little bit difficult to say, yes, I'm waiting for Mashiach to come. I'm just going to give it all up and move to Israel, whatever that means. We'll try to go through that as well. But in a real situation, the Gemara tells us that is the question they're all going to ask us after 120 years of living in this world. Did you wait every day for the Yeshua, for Mashiach, for the Geula? That's the question. They say from the Heilige Tzadikim, from the Heilige Yismach Moshe, he had such a tzipisal Yeshua, he was never Messiah Das a moment. Could you imagine? There was never a moment in his life there was Messiah Das that he took away the concentration of Messiah coming until he got very, very old. And it was borrowed, it was pretty clear to him that he probably, you know, with all the probabilities, wouldn't live to greet Messiah. And he said right before he was Nifta, he said, If I would have known, said the Yusmach Moshe, when I was much younger, that I wouldn't be able to see Mashiach, I don't think I would have been able to live from the Tsar of knowing that. It was the Betochen. It was the, the constant anticipation. That is what kept me going all these years. You know what that means? There was a noise. They used to say by the Ismach Moshe, when there was a noise, he, he would turn around, he would look out the window, oh, Efsha, Efsha's Mashiach coming. It, it was a serious thing. People used to ask him questions about this situation, buying a house, moving here, this job, whatever it is. He said, but but it's not a gear because we're all going to Mashiach. And it was real. It wasn't like, you know, there are people, I've met people like that. I was sitting recently, not recently actually, a number of months ago with a fellow in Lakewood. And he says to me, well, it's not a gear because it's not the other, because there's Mashiach. To a certain extent he meant it, but, you know, how real was it? You know, how would they say, that was a chassidisha. We'll go with the litvisha now. Rabzundal Salant, Rabzundal Salant, when he used to dub in Shmeine Esra. So we know in Shmeine Esra we have a bracha that is specially for this Indian, Es Tzemach Dovid, for those of you that didn't understand what it was until now, at least now you know what the bracha of Es Tzemach Dovid is. So the bracha of Es Tzemach Dovid is Dovid HaMelech, we're going to get Mashiach, it's going to come, it's going to reveal himself, we're going to come back there to Israel, back to Yerushalayim. So Rabzundal Salat, right before he made this bracha in Shemen Esra, would pause for a moment, he would look around, just to make sure Mashiach hasn't here, Okay, let's say Ed Samach David, because he didn't want it to be a Brochel of Atola. He didn't want to say Ed Samach David and Mashiach is here. But he really believed it. And that is something 
on some level, we have to really understand, like the Rambam, and we'll speak about the Rambam, we'll quote the Rambam, Hashem, in a moment, but the Rambam explains that the Inyan of Mashiach isn't just Emuna. there will be a Mashiach. Yeah, of course, we all believe. Everybody believes. Does anybody want Mashiach? Does anybody really? Let us think for a moment. Do you actually really want, right now, Mashiach to arrive? Okay, guys, back to Eretz Yisrael. Oh, for some people, it's great. We've been quarantined for so long. I'll do anything to be in my house. Get out. Uh, whatever it is. Whatever it takes. But the truth is, it's not just that, says the Rambam. It says the Rambam, a Yid has an obligation. Rabbi said there's an obligation to eat matzah on Pesach. There's an obligation to shake a luluv and an esrug when it comes to sukkahs. There's many obligations that Yidin have. One obligation, no less than the rest, says the Rambam, is the desire the expectation, it's an absolute chiv on everyone that calls himself a yid, is to have this expectation, right? And that's a very, very important thing. Now, we have to understand, what does it mean, Mashiach? Okay, so I'm going to give a couple of small little tidbits of revelation over here that we have in some of the Rishonim. But it's not just the answer to our problems. It's not like, okay, Mashiach is going to come, life will be great, everything's going to be wonderful. Now, it's true to a certain extent that may happen, but that's not the answer to our financial problems. It's not necessarily the answer to even our health problems, right? We'll see in a minute what the Rambam says. But at the end of the day, there's a Kvod Shomayim. There's a certain amount of Kiddush Hashem, there's a Kvod Shomayim that's going to be relevant in the world when Mashiach comes, and that is what what we have to look forward to, that is what we're meant to be expecting, that's what we're meant to be, and we have an obligation to crave this thing, which is an unbelievable thing, and a very important, the stipler, of Chaim Kanievsky Shlita's father, the Eiliger stipler, had a kapota, right, a frack, that was, you know, sitting on his, I don't know exactly where it was, but it was in his doorway, or was hanging up in the closet, and he said, when Mashiach is going to come, I want to greet him in this way, and, and, and people used to do this, and it's very important, the Ram Bum says and if you want to look up any, most of the things that we're going to be discussing today, most of it comes from the Rambam. In Hilchas Malochim, Perik Yud Aleph, Halacha Aleph. I'll read it to you myself just in case you don't realize this is an incredible, incredible thing. You have to realize this is a Rambam, this is a Rishon, and this is a Chiv. Says the Rambam, HaMelech HaMashiach Osid La'amud La'achse Malchus David, Li'oshlam HaMshela Rishonah Boinah V'amikdosh V'chomi She'einoi Maimin Boi. If a person doesn't believe in Mashiach, he doesn't believe this is going to happen, or Mishaein He's not waiting for Mashiach to come. I've always said it's a question we have to ask ourselves every day. Did we go through the day right, right before we close our eyes and we say Krishna Mitter at night? Did we at one point during this day wait for Mashiach to come? Were we expecting it to come? I'm not talking about all these, you know, these 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 prophecies that, you know, this come out. Oh, I heard that based on this, you know, Gematria, Corona plus Pesach and Nisan equals Mashiach. Okay, it's going to come now. I'm talking about a real craving for Mashiach, says the Rambam. Who Koifa, a person is considered to be a Koifa in Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, it's again, like, as, as the Rambam points out so clearly, it's not enough to believe there will be a Mashiach. Of course, most of us believe there will be a Mashiach. We have an obligation to want him, to expect him, to him to come, and if a person doesn't, that the Rambam says, you're a kofa in the Torah. And that's a very, very heavy statement, but again, I'm just quoting you the words of the Heilige Rambam. We'll come back to this Rambam in a moment. Um... Like I said, a lot of this does come from the Rambam. Shimon Schwab's at cell gave a beautiful marshal. The world without Moshiach, you know, some people, okay, now we have Corona, but, you know, pre-Corona days, when we almost thought that life was pretty much perfect. Did we miss anything? Is there anything missing in our lives? 
So sometimes we don't feel it. Maybe now we feel it, but before that, we don't feel it. Maybe if this is going to go back to normal, we're going to stop feeling it again. But Rav Shimon Schwab says, I'll give a beautiful marshal to our state of life without Mashiach. And he says, it's like a chasana. Could you imagine? You have a wedding. The photographer is there. And, and, and the table is laid in a beautiful way. The candlesticks and everything is, everything's color coordinated. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Everything's ready. There's only one problem and there's one thing missing from the chasana. There's no color. The color hasn't arrived. Now guess what? You can have the most beautiful chasana. It can look gorgeous. But without the color, there's no chasana. Says Reb Shimon Schwab, our life is exactly the same thing. Yes, we may have tremendous amount of physical things that the Rabbi Nishlam has given us in our lives. We've got tremendous amount of shefa that Klal Yisrael probably never was zoichet to have ever in the history of Klal Yisrael. The chasna is beautiful, but we're missing something. We're missing the color. And that's something that we have to put in our brains and think about, not only because we're scared of what's going to be after 120, because this is our chinev, says the Rambam. It's a yid. A yid believes. And it's something we all have to do. So, what I want to do, like I've said, I don't think I've ever given a share about this previously, and I got a little bit of help from different different places and different uh, different different sources and svarim, whatever it is. But um, it's helpful a little bit before we go through the halachic aspect, because of course we have to know what the halachas are, what to do. It's helpful to know a little bit more about Mashiach himself, right? Some sofa famously writes that in every generation there is a Mashiach that is born. That means he's available, he's ready right now. Says the Chassam Sofer, it's going to be similar to Moshe Rabbeinu being told to go and take Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. Where Moshe Rabbeinu was told, he has a revelation by the snare, go down. And Moshe says, me? <laughs> or else was, I can't do this. It's not for me, who am I? No, no, no. Off you go. It might be the similar idea, but even without that, we have to understand a little bit. We have to understand again. This is based on the Rambam Hilchas Malachim Perik Yudalef, where the Rambam could I to look this up afterwards. The Rambam brings down the Mashiach, and as we know, will be a king who will come from Dovin Melach. He will not only bring down the base Amigdus to Shail if he comes before or after, that's already a big Shaila. He will gather all of Kalal Yisrael wherever they are around the entire world. Um, we'll discuss also whether the Torah will change in any way, shape or form as well. The Korbanus, as again we're going to discuss as well. We do not expect Mashiach to come and perform miracles. People think, well, he's going to walk in and he's just going to just, you know, just do a bunch of miracles. That's not necessarily going to be the case. He doesn't have to change nature. He doesn't have to do miracles. He doesn't have to do tchiyas Nothing of that sort. Right? In fact, according to many, according to Gemara and Wanchita, the Mashiach won't change anything in any way. Except certain halachas, which were not Nagea, will become Nagea. But that is a, that is an important idea to understand. He's obviously a tremendous Talmud Chacham. As you said, it comes from Dovid HaMelech. And he will be, uh, as Chazal tell us, he'll be actually more wiser than his ancestor Shloyme HaMelech. He'll be a Novi, almost as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, and he will teach Klal Yisrael how to actually serve the Rabbeinu Shalom. His advice will be sought out, says the Rambam, and Hilchos Tshuva Perik by all of the world. Can you imagine? Everyone will recognize this is the guy to go to. This is the person. He'll gather, as we mentioned, all of the Klal Yisrael who are scattered around the world. He will expand on the Jewish territory more than before. Many of you know a uh, famous Chassam Sofer in Mesachta's Gittin, where the Chassam Sofer says, one of the things he says, is that England, interestingly enough, will be an island of Eretz Yisrael. 
So again, this is, you know, backed up uh, by the Rambam and other places as well, that the uh, Mashiach will expand what we know as Jewish territory. He'll obviously rebuild the Bisbeis Migdosh. Again, this is the Rambam. Some say that um, it will be with him. Some will be coming out. Rashi and Sukkah, for example. Uh, Daf Memalaf brings down that was already before Mashiach comes. All right, there's a different Mahalchim. And again, I don't want to go into too much uh, different things over here because obviously there are a lot of different, you know, Kabbalahs over here. And I want to get emails after the share saying, oh my gosh, how can you say that? Because in this and this safer, it says, you're right, there are different Mahalchim, different approaches. As I said, I'm going through generally the Rambam's Mahalach in these things. But I want to tell you a very interesting uh, um, a Rambam, which is important. Because as I said, this is, this is a halacha she, right? We're trying to figure out what halachas we have to know when Mashiach comes. Because, you know, Baruch Hashem, we learn on Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, we learn on Brachas. We learn on Kippur of We know a lot of things. Do we know the halachas about when Mashiach comes? That's a shame. Because if we really believe Mashiach will be coming, so why, why don't we know the halachas? You know, we know Shabbos is coming in a couple of days. We know that we're going to make a bracha or something when we, when we stop the shame, we can bracha on shahakal on a cup of coffee. Well, if we know Mashiach is coming, why don't we know the halachas? And therefore, in order to fulfill this, this Rambam, in order to fulfill this, this question we're all going to get after 120 years, let's delve into the halachas. So let's start with the Rambam. Incredible Rambam. The Rambam says, and again, for those of you that have a Rambam in front of you, it's in Shaftim, uh, that's the Krach that you'll be looking for. It's in um, Hilchas Malachim Ulmchomas Perik Yud Beis. Um, that's what I'm quoting now before it was Yud Aleph. In Yud Beis, the Rambam says like this, Halacha Aleph. Al Yala Al Halev. Don't think for one moment. There will be nothing that stops. Everything will continue as normal. Oh yeah, some chiddush, but my some incredible, unbelievable natural disaster or change in how the world was originally created. No, no, no. Ela oylam kumin hagoi hoylech. The world will go in the regular form, which means the world will continue to run for a certain amount of time until you know it's This is already a different thing. And again, what I'm saying now is the Rambam, and I know there are those that say differently, but the Rambam clearly says. That a person should never think that when the Ramashir comes, the whole world's going to change, everything's going to be different. Not necessarily true. According to the Rambam, it's not that way. There will be no more Mulchamas. That is definitely true. And in fact, we know the Rambam already tells us this way. We will not be subjugated to the other nations. There will not be Mulchama. There will not be a Yetzirah. There'll be no jealousy, there'll be no caste. Can you imagine? No Yetzahara to do anything bad. Yetzahara will be destroyed. Kalal Yisrael will turn, will obviously will turn back to Eretz Yisrael. But there won't be that need to think, should I do this or should I do that? There'll be no like, bad guy and good guy in, you know, inside you saying, do that, do that. And then the other guy, mm, I don't think you should do that. It's probably wrong to say that because that's not Oh, don't be such a for me. You know, backwards and forwards, you're not going to have that. Which, by the way, means... That if the situation, if when Mashiach comes, that we basically lose most of our Bechira, because if there's no Yetzirah, there's no free will, there's no free choice, so that would come out that when you do a mitzvah and you do uh, something that's correct, you're not really getting much reward for it because there's no reason that you shouldn't be learning Torah or that you shouldn't be doing chesed or giving staka or whatever it is because there's no Yetzirah. Which means, Rabbi say now's the time of doing. Now's the time that you can get schar because once Mashiach comes, it's all over. It's finished. You can't do anything anymore because at the end of the day, the Yetzirah was removed from within us 
and therefore we will have no taiba to do anything bad, we'll only want to do good. Which means, if you want to chap around and chap mitzvahs, and chap schar, it's right now. That's very important, before Mashiach comes. Okay, so let me discuss a couple of halachas. After all, it's halachas so I wanted to discuss some halachas. The first and most important question is uh, brachas. Do we make a bracha when the Mashiach comes? Now, I'm not going to go into now of... If you, you know, if you see Moshiach, or you hear about Moshiach, when do you make the brachas? That's already getting into a lot of details that I don't want to go into at this moment of the time, but I just want to mention, and it's important, maybe you guys should write this down and put this, like, on your computer, like, we have to know this. Moshiach is going to come, we rip it off the computer, baruch, gartled mikvah, obviously, you know, baruch, we got to know what to do, right? So what brachas do we make? We have four brachas, four brachas, that you're going to be making when Moshiach comes. Okay? The four brachas, and I'm not going to elaborate on them because there's a lot to do today and I really want to try to get everything in one tish, in one shay. The first bracha you have to make is Chocham Harazim, right? Which is translated as, we make this often sometimes um, by big tzaddikim, big gedolim, the wise one who knows all the secrets. Right, that's what it is. It's an interesting bracha. Um, you generally make that, as I said before. Now, um... That's the first bracha. The second bracha is Shecholuk Michachmasai Lurei Eov, who bestowed his wisdom on those that fear him. The third bracha is Shecholuk Mikvaidai Lurei Eov, who basically bestowed his honor onto those that fear him. And the fourth bracha is Shechiyanu. It's an interesting question. Some ask, why do we make Hatoi Vametiv? Hatoi Vametiv is, is, is when something incredible happens, not only for us, but also for others, we make Hatoi Vametiv. So it's a Shaila, do we make Hatoi Vametiv when Mashiach comes? But those are the four brachas. Shechocham Harazim, Shecholak Mechachmosa Lure'eyov, Shecholak Mikvoido Lure'eyov, and the Shechiyanu. Um, those are the four brachas that we're making when Mashiach comes. So those are very important uh, brachas to make. As I said, those are. There's a lot of questioning within those brachas. Exactly, do I have to make them when I hear? You know, if a WhatsApp went out saying, "Oh, Mashiach has arrived," do I make the brachas then, or when I come to come to Eretz Okay, that's already getting into the nitty gritty details. And as I said, I want to get a little bit vital. One of the very serious questions that we have to discuss. And this is again to all of us, maybe to me, maybe maybe more than you guys. I don't know. You guys are probably big tzaddikim, but just to a regular person, are we going to have to bring carbonus? Like, are we going to have to have a notepad that we come to Eretz Yisrael with all our averes of how many carbon chatzim we have to bring? Now we don't have any. You know, we don't have. I'm going to send a rabbi. There's no and therefore we have no avoida in the carbonus. But when Mashiach comes, we know clearly that there will be carbonus, which means we'll have to bring a carbon. So, as an example. A person was Machalul Shabbos Bishaygig, which is generally most of the time. You by mistake took out a tomato out of the out of the out of the salad, or you took a piece of bean out of the cholent or a piece of fat off the meat on Shabbos, and someone says to you, Hey, I think that's Asa. You're like, oh, come on, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. You know, that's what people's answers generally with these things, you know. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it's it, it should be okay. You have no idea what you're talking about. That's an Esa Bishaygig. Bang! There you go. How many times do you do that on Shabbos? I don't know. Chavot Chaim says, if you don't know Hilcha Shabbos, I think we want to make a cheshben. If you don't know Hilcha Shabbos properly, you're probably doing this probably somewhere between 158 and about 265 times on Shabbos that you will be doing a Issa B'Shoigeg. Now, let me just tell you something. Carbonus are quite expensive. It's, it's a minimum of $1,000 an animal. A minimum of $1,000 an animal. That's a carbon chatos. Korban Chatos is serious. You know, when you knew it's Asa, meaning you knew, someone told you, you know this, you know it's Shabbos, or you forgot it's Shabbos, or you forgot that it's Asa. Many different situations which we're not going into thing. You know, for, I'll give you another example. Right, the Taz says this in your day, Simon Tzadik Tess. A person is Oime Muta. 
Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I remember hearing this. I think he said in the show it's okay. He finds out afterwards it's not okay, right? We all do this. I mean, again, maybe me, right? So, according to the Taz, you just did a shy gig. That's a Corbin Hatos. That's very expensive. That's seriously expensive. That, 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 that's very, very expensive. So, what are you going to... Not only the expense, you know how embarrassing it is? Can you imagine? They open up the base Hamingdosh, right? By then, there'll be no social distancing. Everyone will be piling up into the base Hamingdosh. It'll be incredible. Forget about the money, Rabbi Sai. Do you know how embarrassing it is to come with, you know, with like 16 lorries behind you of every korban chatos that you ever had to bring during your lifetime because now Mashiach says, and now we can bring a korban chatos? I mean, do we have to have a notepad next to our beds and we have to make a husband at the end of the day with how many times we did something wrong and how many times we have to bring a korban chatos? It's not so simple. So what are you going to tell me? I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to say, what do you mean? We are big into korbanas. We say Kabonas in the morning. We open up the sinner before Heidi. Okay, or Baruch Sha'amah, whatever. You've got Kabonas over there. If you've got Kabonas, I say Kabon. We all know the Gemara. The Gemara says that if a person says the Kabonas, it's as if you brought the Kabon. Okay. So I said the carbon. What do you want from me? I'm talking about people that actually say carbonus, right? The words. Not just, Rabbi Shmuelaymer. No, no. That you actually say the carbonus. You go out, you say the carbonus. The Gemara told me, I'm Yaitza. I'm good. So what's the problem? So we'll, we'll keep on saying carbonus. So I heard this from Rabbi Reisman. He bought three Marmachimus. Three Marmachimus to say that's not true. One is a Hartsvin or a Chaim Simon Aleph. I looked this one up. It's beautiful tshuva. The Bnei Saska, the Heilige Dineva in Hilchas Rosh Chodesh, and the Benish Chai in Shaiz and Tshuva's Torah Lishma, where he says a very interesting thing. He says that without going into all their rayas now, he says, of course you could say Korbanus. That's beautiful. That helps you for now. But when Mashiach comes and they open up the doors of the Beis Hamikdash. Every single one of you are going to have to bring every korban chatos for every avera that you did b'shogig in your entire lifetime. That, that's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. One of the riots they bring, I'll just tell you one. Yishmor ben Alisha, the Gemara in Shabbos, tells us, right, that we know there's a halacha, that you're not allowed to read from a lamp on Shabbos. And the reason is because maybe you're going to come to fix the wick and you'll be over on keyboard and maver on Shabbos. And here comes Yishmor ben Alisha, he says, no, don't worry about me. I'm okay, I know how to do it, I'm fine, I am not going to come and fix it up. And what happens, he gets so involved in the rash bar, which he didn't have, but you get the idea, maybe it was Reb Chaim, I don't know, he just, he by mistake came to fix the lamp on Shabbos. So he wrote, the Gemara tells us, I will bring a chatos when the Bishamikdash opens. Let me ask you a question, you think Yishmael ben Elisha, down to 20 minute shachris? No chance. He said every korbonus with every, with every kavana. But yeah, he still said, I'm going to bring a Korban Chatos. So what do you see from there? You see from there that, um, you see from there that what? That even if you say Korbanus, it's not going to help you. Because at the end of the day, you still have to bring a Korban. Which is uh, pretty, pretty serious. Pretty, by the way, this is only if you're alive. If you die, then you don't have to bring a Korban anymore because you said Korbanus. But if you live to see Mashiach, which we should all be Zaycha to, we're all going to have to do this, so we have to know that. So that's one example. Another example uh, is a Korban Taida. Right? That's a Korban Chatos. That's embarrassing. Korban Taida, as you know, Pasuk in Tehillim, Kovzayin, famously talks about the, te- the four reasons, the Gemara in Brachas. Four times you have to say Hagoymel. Four things. A person was let out of jail. A person was ill and he got healed. A person walked through the Midbar and he got, and he, Brachshah made it alive. And a person crossed the Yam, he crossed the sea. We all know. 
bang. What do we do? The Rosh says, you see in Tehillim, you bring a carbon toida. So says the Rosh in the Mesechta's brachas. So according to that, every time we ever went on an aeroplane to Eretz Yisrael, wherever you guys are listening from, it applies, you cross the Yam. So if you cross the Yam, you have to bring a carbon toida. Now, nowadays we don't have a carbon toida, so we make a bracha called Hagoymel. Now that's beautiful. But you still have a chiv, maybe, of a carbon toida. So forget about if you found a cheap whiz air flight that you've got half price, but you're gonna to have to bring a carbon toida every single time you entered the country and you traveled somewhere where you went over. Now that's incredible. What's gonna be? So there's a modigatruva the chsam soifa similunalaf. And the chsam soifa says, he talks about a rov that got up in front of hundreds of mispalim, they were there for a she, just had come into the country, and he got up and he said a bracha goimel. And they said, hello, it's night time. Night time is not Nagaya. Korbatoidu is by day. You can't say a goimel at night. You've got to say it again. They wrote to the Chassam Saifa, and the Chassam Saifa said, I would have done the same thing. Even though it's true, the meaning is generally do it when you get an aliyah, but here there were hundreds of people. It was a tremendous kvoit shamayim, kiddush Hashem. Beautiful. I replacement of the Korban Toida. It should be by day. Listen to this, Rabbi Isai. This is one of the reasons why some people don't even make a goimel after a plane. Says the Chassam Saifa, look at Tehillim Kuvzayin. I haven't got time now to go through all of the, the psukim. And he says, if you look at it, the three of them talk about a Korban Toida. The last one, which is what? Which is Holche Yam. It doesn't say anything about a Korban Toida. So with the Fizer, there's no reason why we'd have to bring a Korban Toida. And therefore, you would be okay. Even though there are those that Cholik on this, whatever it is. For example, in Mitzvah Shem, you guys are going to get married and have children. So, we know the Gemara tells us, every single time you have a baby, you have to bring a korban oil of a yoyrid, of a yoyledes. That means, okay, it's only a sheep and a bird, so I guess it's a little bit cheaper than a korban chatos, but still, right, the Rambam says, for every child, you've got to bring another korban. There are so many korbanists that we have to know about, right? Now, another thing, how are you getting to Eretz Yisrael? How you actually get, okay, so Baruch Hashem, right now the planes are sitting in Chutzar, it's waiting to bring you guys here. But still, is that enough for everyone? And, and, and is it going to take, it's going to take ages, and the, the prices are going to be very, very high, and it's going to be a whole geshaft. So there's a Gemara in Megillah. Megara, Gemara Megillah Choftes tells us, incredible thing. Says the Gemara in Megillah, eventually all the shuls in Chutzlaretz are going to be transported to Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Isa, I'm giving you an Eitzah. As soon as you hear the Shaif of Mashiach, run to the shul. Because you'll get a free ride with the shul when the shul comes to Eretz Yisrael. That's incredible. There's only a big problem over here, and that is a problem that there's Chassam Soifa. The Chassam Soifa says, on that Gemari Megillah Hoftes, and says, no, 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 the walls are going to go, but the floor is going to stay. So you're going to be stuck. I don't know if that means actually the tiles or, or the karaka underneath or whatever it is. So, you know, you have to figure out again here, uh, what are you going to pack? What, you know, the Yeshiva gives a list of what things to bring. What are you guys going to pack? Don't pack anything China. China's the worst thing you can do, because when Ashia comes, everything's going to be Tomb of a Tyra. Tomb of a Tyra, China, Cheres, forget about it. You can't matter it. All dinner, Tomb of a Tyra, forget about it. I mean, cars, I didn't even know what, what cars you're going to drive. It's going to be a big problem, because metal cars have a couple Tomb So if a Tomb person gets into the car, bang, the car is Tomb. You're going to have to go to the mikveh, it's a whole geschäft. You have to like do like a, forget about the corona with the temperature, to see if a guy's got temperature when he comes to work. You're going to have to see, are you Tomb before you give you a ride in my car? Or maybe they'll make plastic cars. Because when Moshe has a true and he goes, Moshe, you have Simon. Um, Samak Gimel, Nun Gimel, when he brings down that plastic, is not Makabal Which is why I think what they're going to do is they're going to create as many things as naturally possible to be plastic. Uh, and gloves. Rabbi said gloves. Very, very important. Forget about the gloves because of Corona. Which is maybe why this is happening. Because to make sure everyone's getting ready to go. You don't want to shake somebody's hand when they're Tomei. 
Because if you shake the hand, then you become Tommy, and then you're going to have to go through the whole process of becoming Tommy. Right? This whole corona thing is like a real, you know, a real understanding to what's going on. But if you wear gloves, you're okay. You know why? Because if a glove becomes Tommy, it's a Rishan. And as we know, a Rishan can't make another Tommy. Bang, so you're okay. By the way, one last thing. If you buy land in Eretz Yisrael, don't think it's so simple. Right? Don't think it's so simple. Because it might not help. You buy an apartment in Haranov. Oh, Baruch Hashem, I'm right close to the Kaisal. Right? I'll be, I can get Mamish right there. I'm going to buy one by Mamilo, because then I can walk right there. It's going to be Gavaldic, right? Not so poshat. Again, this is a Machoikis in Gemara Baba Basra. But, you know, it could be that it's not your Shavit. If it's not your Shavit, it could be there's going to be, it's not yours, or there's going to be a new guy around, and they're going to change everything around, and according to that, they're going to go back to the original Chedek, so according to that, it's going to be problematic. So it's not so posh, what I say. Let me just end off with one last thing, because our time is pretty much up, but let me just end with one last thing, and that is, before the Beis Halevi became the Rav of Brisk, Rabbi Yishev Zeh, uh, was the Rav in another town. His experience as a Rav wasn't a happy one, and he decided on never becoming a Rav again. When the delegation from Brisk approached him to become the Rov of Brisk, that was that was the jewel of all Lithuanian Jewry, he said, absolutely not, I, I'm finished. I'm not becoming a Rov anymore. I, I've had it. So one of the members of the delegation wasn't so wasn't so easily put off. And he said to the Beis HaLevi, he says, let me tell you something, there are 20,000 Jews in Brisk that are waiting for you to become a Rov. How can you refuse? And the Beis HaLevi had no answer. When the Chovetz Chaim heard this story, he said, Rabbi Sai, if only all of Klal Yisrael was waiting, if all of us would be waiting, really waiting for Mashiach, then Rabbi Nishranim would not be able to keep us waiting any longer, and he would bring the Mashiach, and we should be Zoycha together to greet Mashiach Tzidkenu, Bemheiro, Vyameinu, Amen.